0: Hey guys, Mattel here and welcome to this edition of Let's Be Blunt with Mattel. I'm coming to you today from the convention center in Long Beach, California, which is hosting the Cannabis Science Conference for 2022 here. uh, Mr. uh, Josh Krosny's Convention that goes on and finally back now after taking hiatus for a little bit during COVID, but back and presenting materials and information to clinicians, doctors, and civilians and people who are just here to learn and kind of curious about information that they may be able to process for making good decisions for themselves and their family when uh, they want to journey into the cannabis alternative for medication and for also their own personal use. So I'm so glad to be here. And, you know, that I've had an opportunity now to meet with so many people here and, and present a lot of them on this podcast. And we're about to speak to a guest today that I'm really excited to talk about. I guess they discovered that the benefits of medical cannabis, she discovered them firsthand when her seven-year-old son was dying from intractable epilepsy and nothing else was working. She began giving him CBD, and it not only helped his seizures... He also came to life in so many other ways she's a pediatric pediatrician an er doctor who now specializes in medical cannabis for kids in order to help families like hers today she advocates and educates on medical cannabis while watching in her son and taking care of her family and watching her family thrive dr jennifer anderson thank you so much for being a part of let's be Blum with montella day
1: thank you so much for having me
0: absolutely let's go back to the beginning why don't you take us on the journey with your son nicholas and what were you going through before you discovered medical cannabis could help him?
1: So I graduated at, at, from family medicine in 2014.
0: I should say you're from Canada. I Let's am from clear. Canada. Yes.
1: Okay. Um, so I'm a family doctor. Um, I work rurally. So I do emerge uh, hospital work. I've always worked with kids mm-hmm. and I had twins in my residency and one um, had a lot of brain issues due to a twin problem. Um, and when he was three, four, he started seizing a lot and um Back in 2016, the seizures escalated. We were in hospital all the time. Wow. I wasn't able to work. I had to quit my job uh, when his neurologist finally said, do you want him resuscitated? Um, Keep in mind, three years old, but I have two three-year-olds, and one was seizing all day, all night.
0: They were saying, do you want to resuscitate it if he happens to pass out or pass away during a seizure?
1: Yeah. So kids with a lot of seizures are at a high risk for sudden unexpected death and epilepsy, meaning they just randomly die of a seizure. And so when you're seizing all the time or for him was three, four or five times an hour, wow. you know, um, his risk of dying was huge. And so I quit my practice and thought, well, I mean, I couldn't see him lasting six nine months from then. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I need to be home with my kids. And at that time, I just, you know, we'd exhausted anti-epileptic drugs. He was still seizing. Um, and so I went online and I found this, actually the story of Charlotte Figgy. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what, cannabis, okay, let's try this. I'd, I'd actually never used it in my practice, I'd never um, seen anybody use it. And I went to my neurologist and she said, well, it could work for you because the Epidiolex and, trials were on. But
0: And at that time in Canada, was that, how many years ago was
1: this? Uh, this was 2016.
0: 2016. 2016. Six Canada years. had already, you know, uh, passed a medical cannabis bill. Had they not?
1: Absolutely. Years before that. Um, in 2000, actually, was when medical cannabis became legal in Canada.
0: Sure, and I and I can remember there were several. I, I remember uh, visiting, um, you know, on uh, Victoria Island. Uh, there was a group out there that were doing a lot of medical research. Uh, I had just gotten diagnosed with MS. Back then, and uh, actually traveled in and out of Canada quite a bit to do some extra research about, you know, uh, cannabis's effect on neurological disease. So, um, so the information had been out there, but this is 2016, and you had, as a doctor, didn't know anything about it.
1: I had no clue. I was not taught about it in my residency, Um, and when I tried to get someone to help me with it, nobody would. Um, and I trained where I practice. So I actually went to all my friends in pediatric oncology, pediatric palliative. I thought if any doctor is going to help me, it'll be the the ones that are working with kids that are dying. Mm-hmm. But they all said, no, Jen, sorry, we can't really help you at this time.
0: They, they can't help you or they weren't going to, they didn't feel like helping you.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And everybody just said there's not enough research or whatever. And I'm like, but my child might die. Yeah. You know, and
0: again, it, that's so funny. You as a doctor saying the same thing that I say all the time is that, you know, doctors have the nerve to say there's not enough research. There's been 35,000 research, peer-reviewed, published documents on cannabis in the last 10 years.
1: Absolutely. 3,500
0: of them in the last year alone. How much more research do you need? There's nothing been researched more than cannabis as a medication on the planet.
1: Absolutely. And I would argue that when you're dealing with a child that's dying, you know, research, uh, you know, comes, the meaning of having research is different, right?
0: I, I, whether it be a child that's dying or anybody that's dying. I mean, you know, the bottom line is, uh, you know, the, the whole hypocritic oath is do no harm and try to do the best you can for your patient. So, you know, if there's an alternative out there that works, I don't understand why in the throes of living or dying, we can't experiment with anything.
1: Absolutely. And so I experienced that firsthand as a physician. I couldn't help my own son, and nobody else would either. Mm -hmm. So I ended up starting CBD on my son one weekend. I was desperate. We weren't sleeping. Um, He was seizing all the time. You
0: you looked it up. You heard heard about the Charlotte's Web thing, and you said, hmm, maybe this will work. So let me just see if I can find some CBD. Were you able to find a CBD extract in Canada, or do you have to go outside So
1: fortunately, one of my good friends... Sent me a private message and says said I have the CBD. It's not really working for my family member. If you want, you can. I have a couple of bottles. You can you can have. Mm-hmm. And that's I went over to her house and I picked them up and I started it that night. And over the weekend, my child was a whole different kid. Wow. By Monday morning, I brought him to daycare and the daycare literally asked me what I had what we were doing with my son, wow. um, because he was alive and his his eyes just came alive. Um, he, we didn't stop any of the anti epileptics. Um, we just added CBD. And from that day, he started, he stopped regressing. He stopped seizing um, as much as he was. He would still have seizures, but we were- um, Rather than
0: four or five an hour, he was having a couple a day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And over the first six months, his seizures dropped dramatically. Um, We were probably in the hospital 80, 90% of the time. Um, And then- uh, each year, it dropped by about fifty percent, and now we're four years out of hospital.
0: Wow! And yeah. let's go back though, because the first product you gave him was more like a sh- extract, not even a tincture, right? Because I guess what we were using was a Charlotte's Web or something Charlotte's like Web. that. Yeah,
1: it's a hemp extract. But,
0: but we, was it really Charlotte's Web, or was it made somewhere else as a?
1: Oh, it was actually Charlotte's Web. It was actually yes. Charlotte's
0: Web, and you know, and and I remember back when that just blew up around the world. You know, I agreed with the science behind it and the fact that, you know, somewhere around three out of 10 people were experiencing what you experienced, where they had the true reduction in seizures. Four out of 10 were having some impact. Five out of 10 saw something, but the other five didn't. So, and that was because I think when you looked at the way the original extracts were made, they literally were isolating just the same way that... I guess, you know, science attempted to isolate, you know, um, THC Delta 9 with Marinol. They literally tried to extract everything but the CBD, not recognizing that the true value of the medication was everything. the entourage effect, exactly effect of all the other ones, the ones that we don't even talk about. You know, we talk about right now CBD, THC, sometimes people will talk about CBG, CBN. You may hear that a little bit. You may hear THCA a little bit, but... You know, depending on which scientists and which science office you listen to, there's anywhere between 250 and three or 400 different cannabinoids out Absolutely. there.
1: Absolutely. Yes. And I actually had a firsthand experience because I ran out of Charlotte's Web. Mm-hmm. And then I was trying Canadian products that were isolates. And right. he would start seizing two, three days after.
0: Because the isolates were, they didn't, weren't working. They weren't, didn't yeah. contain some of the other you know, minor cannabinoids, right?
1: Exactly. And I had to sort of reach out and learn that there was actually a Health Canada exemption for kids like my son that were uh, responding to Charlotte's Web. And specifically for Charlotte's Web, you could apply to import it. So that's Ah. actually what we do now. Okay, you import it. we import it. And
0: now, have you seen any difference in formulations that you've used for your son? Is it just the Charlotte's Web that seems to work for him, or is it? some other combination of uh,
1: I actually haven't tried anything else since I, since I originally tried to other things cuz it's just too dangerous. Gotcha. Yeah. Because
0: gotcha, you don't want the seizures to come back.
1: Absolutely. Period. And so in 2017 all of a sudden this can- local cannabis clinic came and found me in my emergency r- where I was working and they said, "You know, we have all these families coming with these kids with epilepsy. Would you consider, we heard about your son, will you consider coming to see them?" And my initial response was absolutely not. Like the amount of um Problems I had as a physician with my son and and the threats of, uh you know, because I wasn't, I didn't have an authorization at the beginning was crazy. But after a few months of thinking about it, I thought if I as a physician can't get this for my kid, then how is anybody else supposed to? So I actually started seeing kids out of this clinic that had failed everything and putting my whole license on the line basically in 2017.
0: Did you have to get some sort of special authorization from Health
1: Canada? No, no. Wow. Um, it, it It's very interesting in Canada, family physicians have a lot of flexibility. And because I don't have some governing body telling me I can't authorize cannabis, Mm -hmm. I could do any age. So I started with kids and I I was scared. I didn't really know um, much more other than my son. I was trying to learn a lot from Bonnie Goldstein and all the people that I was researching. Um, But I started treating these kids and they started turning around and it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And so, from epilepsy, we moved to cancers, autism, um, and now I run a, a quite a, a large consult-based practice. So all the physicians that wouldn't help me, they now can uh, send all the kids to me, and I help them with the kids on cannabis.
0: That's really kind of crazy. Right? It
1: is. It's just, and now we're starting a research center. Um, Where are you located at in Canada? I'm actually in Winnipeg, right okay, in, in the Winnipeg. middle. I know Winnipeg is right. Yeah. yeah. Um, And so we're just in the process of going through all of our ethics um, proposals and that. But we've been welcomed to come into the Children's Hospital Institute of of Research under Children's Hospital of Manitoba. And they're supporting all of our kids um, that we have on cannabis and and wanting to research on it.
0: So much different than here in the United States. I mean, you can literally recommend cannabis out of the hospital. Absolutely. You can do that now, but you can't do that here in the United States.
1: No, yeah. Yeah, and I work in a rural center, and I've been doing hospital consults for cannabis for the last few years because there's such a uh, there's less political structure to get through, mm-hmm. and so we've developed a system where I already see patients in hospitals. So now we're trying going to try to integrate that into Children's Hospital and are, develop stuff.
0: Are you starting? You said you you you're sticking to the same formulation that you've used for your son, but now you've noticed that I'm sure you've been keeping up with the research that's going on here in the United States and around the world about the fact that now they are starting to find out that, you know, there are, you know, maybe the CBDA a CBGA might also be as effective and even more effective than our original, you know, discoveries, right?
1: Absolutely. And I should say that I don't actually use um, Charlotte's web for the kids that I see because it's too hard to import and I don't want anybody to be in the same position I'm in. So we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In Canada, we have to use health Canada licensed producers for kids. And so we start with ones that are more full spectrum. Mm -hmm. um, And then we move around to different ones if those don't work. Um, So, you know, we we see variable effects um, right. and we can't really explain sort of why one works and one, one doesn't. Um, That's
0: basically because everybody's endocannabinoid system is a little different.
1: Exactly. Right. So genetic testing right. and, and things like that are going to be very important. Um, but yeah, we actually don't even have a lot of the minor cannabinoids on the licensed producer side for kids. We really can only work with CBD and THC, um, which is unfortunate. I think it it's really a financial sort of uh, problem in Canada where it's there's not enough money um, to be made making the minor cannabinoids and right. there's not enough demand yet.
0: Stay with us. We'll be right back.
1: the red life i know this is going to become your new favorite podcast and i'm going to show you how to grow a profitable online company step by step every single week
0: which is so strange yeah <laughs> to me it just it just it baffles me a little bit where you know yeah the, some of the minor cannabinoids do take a little bit more of uh, a time to extract to accumulate but You know, and I I know that uh, in Canada here, like in the United States, but in other places around the world, uh, Columbia, there are other places that are growing cannabis or hemp um, in the thousands to hundreds of thousands of acres. And so, therefore, the more product you have, the easier it is to extract those kind of monocannabinoids.
1: Absolutely. So I am always talking with licensed producers and telling them what we need. And that is one of the things that we need.
0: Absolutely, more more broader spectrum. Exactly. Isolate, right? Yeah, sure, now, I mean, so let, let's go back again to your son for a second. Nicholas, when you first started, you, you started seeing results in three days?
1: Absolutely, the first night, so my son was up seizing every night. Mm-hmm. I barely slept. The first night I gave him the CBD, he slept the whole night, and I couldn't remember the last time he did. Wow. I thought maybe it was a fluke. I actually didn't even honestly think it was gonna work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was kind of a last thing that I was just you know, trying everything. Mm -hmm. And the next day he had some seizures and I gave it to him again in the morning and in the evening. And he slept again the second night. And you know, he slept every night after that. Um, And then the
0: seizures started slowing down.
1: Yeah. And I think what happened was he wasn't busy seizing all night. So he started being more awake and alive in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, He started progressing again. He started interacting with other kids. He started um, walking again. He was already losing his ability to walk because he was seizing all the time. Um, But he started walking again. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, And I mean, you must have been on the moon, right?
1: Absolutely. I called my neurologist because, you know, she said, because the Epidiolex trials were going on and she trained from some of those centers, she Mm -hmm. said, you know, I think it could work, but I can't help you. You have to go find a family doctor who's an expert in cannabis and epilepsy. Good luck. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, how am I supposed to find that? She goes, well, I can't help you do that. (laughs)
0: It's bizarre, I thought yeah. Canada was was way forward uh, way further forward than the United States at least being able to recommend and to discuss but doctors don't even feel like discussing it right
1: yeah it, it's um it's an illusion just because we do have recreational cannabis uh that became legal in 2018 um but for kids there's all these hoops because you have to have a position for kids but Physicians aren't trained in in cannabis, so that's been a huge struggle. And part of the advocacy that I've been doing, and actually starting next year, we're going to be integrating the endocannabinoid system and cannabis uh, teaching into the family medicine residency. Um, and I've been asked to um, sort of create that curriculum and to help integrate it into our med school.
0: That's excellent. But you were one <laughs> one person. Yeah. And you're going to integrate this in the entire Canadian medical system?
1: Uh no, just where I live. Oh so, my God. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we start with one school. Sure. Right? And then we move from there. Well,
0: that's what we're trying to do here in the United States. I know that right now, University of Maryland, Georgetown, George Washington, there are several colleges across the country. I think uh even uh, they're doing something at Cedars right now here mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. Um that they're trying to at least integrate information in there in the medical school process, but it's it's so far and few between, I, I you know, and I just don't know why in 2022 we have to wait this long for a community to recognize something that the governments of those communities have recognized for 30 years.
1: Absolutely, you know, when I think about the future, I think about my son and I think about creating a structure that's going to protect him, but also all of the hundreds of kids that I look after mm-hmm. on cannabis because if we can't have them seamlessly move between school and hospital and home. Uh, then there's a big problem and and what we have to do is educate people in all of those um areas so that they can uh know how to work with kids on cannabis and and understand why kids might be using cannabis
0: sure it's it's ridiculous that you know we have to uh battle with legislators to allow it you you can you can give a kid you know uh some of these 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 h a d h d drugs and some of those things were nothing more than speed, and they can carry that around in their pocket and pop it in their mouth at 11 o'clock or 2 o'clock, from a, and nobody says anything. But if you want them to be able to take their cannabis here in the United States, in several states, they have to leave the campus, go across the street, you know, meet their family member in a car, drive around a corner, and take one square of a tincture, then get back in a car, drive back around a corner, and go to school. It's stupid.
1: Absolutely, I have a child that I've been looking after in my practice that came to me after she'd already had a hemisphereectomy for oh epilepsy. Mm-hmm. You know, and, I, that and that was offered that, for my son. Just,
0: just, just. I'm, 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 just thinking. Ten years from now, fifteen years from now, we are going to look back in science and say, "Get the, you know what? I want to use the f word. And I'm not going to get. I, I'm gonna cut out half your brain rather than give you cannabis." Absolutely. But
1: yeah. You know, or put in VNS stimulators, you know, or keto diets. I mean, everybody, all my colleagues all think keto diets are, you know.
0: The biggest bunch of BS ever. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not knocking, I, I am knocking it. Yeah, keto diets do help your overall, I guess, immune system. It does seem to help a little bit in, you know. But I don't think that's the end of all. That's not it.
1: No, and I think when you're talking to a family who has a child with complex medical needs and you're trying to integrate a keto diet, you know, for me that would mean my son would not get to eat any of the carbs that he likes. Right. You know, the quality of life for him would go down dramatically. So sure. I said to my doctors, I said no. I said, I- I'm not willing to make all those adjustments but when but cannabis me. does.
0: No, we're we're willing to again accept some sort of information about a diet that's really only been studied for about the last ten years. Let's be honest. There has never been a peer-reviewed, studied clinical trial on keto on a keto diet diet that I know of. I don't know, do you
1: I don't know of I, do any you either. know of
0: a thousand people who went through a keto diet? Five one thousand of them were the real and the other half of them were the placebo? I don't know that. But we will jump up and down and say, let's do this first before we look at something that's been studied for the last Two thousand years, but truly studied for the last seventy years, and not accept the information that we see. It's almost like you know, it's it's like you know, people people, uh, you know, uh, will comment on the fact that we're living in a time when more people won't accept science than ever before. I mean, it's like we still got people out here thinking the Earth is flat, <laughs> which I can't get to. But okay, and you'll accept science on alcohol. You'll accept the science on aspirin. Aspirin's sitting in your medicine cabinet, and your child comes home, eats a half a bottle of that. They're dead on your kitchen floor. Nobody complains about that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But you take a product like cannabis, which we know for a fact the U.S. government has funded research for around the world for 70 years, gotten some of those peer-reviewed documents that have been published, and then will completely ignore them.
1: Absolutely, and and there was a lot of research going on in Israel. You know, when I first worked in the Israel
0: research was funded by the yeah. United States. Yeah, Mosholom
1: got money out of us. Okay, yeah. So yes. so it's, it's not uh,
0: like I mean I I I I I, I literally interviewed Dr. Mosholom in his laboratory, uh, 2010, um, in Israel, and sat down with him on camera, and uh, was one of the only people back then that had ever really talked to him on camera, and. I was shocked to find out that Nida, one of our, you know, biggest anti-drug organizations in the United States, had given them his given him their highest award because we have been funding him for 30 years. Wow. And nobody wants to tell the truth. And that we will sit back I I I I I watch the news <laughs> sometimes way too much. I should keep myself out of the news cuz I I really hate what's going on in this world. But you know, I'll, I'll sit there and a politician will come on and say well, we'll accept more information about cannabis if they did the proper research. And I feel like grabbing them right by the neck through the screen and saying, what are you, an idiot? I mean, how much more research do you have that there's nothing been researched more than cannabis? Any medication on the planet right now? Nothing. 35,000 peer-reviewed published documents?
1: I, there's not a drug, not chemo, nothing. Absolutely. I, I agree. And I would also argue that the kids that I work with Um, they can't wait for research or the research that we are, you know, the medical community is, is demanding, but, but aside from that, you know, the research exists. It's just, if, unless you don't, if you don't look for it, then you're not going to find it. Right. So when I started looking at the research, I was blown away and, you know, I, I'm always telling my colleagues and throwing papers at them, you know. I'm saying,
0: especially in recent time, I, I, you know, I, I, I was sitting back, um, in the last couple of weeks and looked at, the. peer-reviewed, published document, came out in January talking about the fact that for fact, we know that the acid variants of some of the minor cannabinoids actually interrupt the spike protein on the coronavirus, but they also interrupt the proteins on the outer layers of certain cancer cells, from pancreatic cancer to gliomas to you name it stopping their replication now excuse me this is in a medical journal and probably one percent of the doctors in this country run it
1: absolutely i have kids with glioblastoma Mm -hmm. the worst kind of uh brain cancer in kids And we have them on high dose CBD and THC because we don't have a lot of options in Canada. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just, I have one child right now who just had his MRI and his oncologist had referred him to me actually for this uh, at his request, and the family's request. And the tumor has shrunk by more than 50%. And they said there is absolutely no way that any he, he had one uh, round of radiation. I, he, they said this is is way more than they would have expected.
0: I should I I'll find it. I have it here in my phone. There is a recent study that just came out that talks about the fact that again, it's THC and CBD and maybe CBDa working together. I'm gonna find a study. I got right here. I'll find a study that working together, that seems to enhance the viability of radiation treatment in gliomas and in pancreatic cancer. Wait a minute, I'll find it. I know I got that. I going to think of it. I just read it yesterday.
1: I don't think I've read this study, but I yeah. definitely recognize it. But you've heard about it, I right? have heard it's about it. It just came it. up. Yes. and I mean,
0: they're, they're now clearly stating that we know that monocannabinoids work this way. And there's no reason why we can't, Get that information out to the masses. I think immediately and start trying. I mean, because these are people who are literally living on borrowed time.
1: Absolutely, these are kids that they can't wait for for more research. Um, we need to just start treating them. Um, and I'm so excited about Dr. Jewett's research, and I'm really hoping that Canadian kids can can take part in that as well.
0: Yeah, Dr. Jewett's research. I just spoke to her yesterday. And, you know, I've been. Um, speaking to Tracy Ryan, her mom, the the mother of Sophie for years now mm-hmm. and trying to make people understand that again, this is N of one, I don't believe those that that anymore. I think that that's a term that, that doctors need to get rid of. That's mm-hmm. as as bad as shock therapy in the twenties. You know what I mean? Get rid of it. There's no such thing as an N of one. An N of one just it's not a miracle. And N of one might be the breakthrough research that you need.
1: Absolutely.
0: And we should start doing more studies of N of ones.
1: Well, and, you know, Tracy is a good friend of mine too. And, you know, I think the both of us have put our stories out there because even if some people view it as the N of one, it's still a story that needs to be told. Um, Because every time I tell my story, physicians or uh, educators, politicians, they they attach onto the story and they want to learn more. And that is what we need. We need people to um, be educated and, and so that we can reduce the stigma around cannabis.
0: Oh, here you go. It's a, the combination of cannabidiol, cannabidiol and tetra, uh, tetrahydrocannabinol, oil enhances the anti-cancer effects of radiation in, okay, I got it, orthotopic marine glioma, which is a mice model, but we've also seen they've already translate that over to the human model. They have seen the fact that it enhances the radiation treatment. And why? Because, you know, the CBD and the THC, to combine together, affect that outer shell layer of the cancer cell, blocking its blood source. We should be, like, jumping up and down right now on this.
1: Absolutely, and it's so crazy that we're not. I mean, I am, but... Why do we not have this on the front page of the paper?
0: Here, you know, I'll make sure that before you leave out of here, well, I'll give you this, get you this article so you can, you know, go around touting people need to start doing, doctors need to start doing their research and Absolutely. reading more.
1: Well, this one child that I'm looking after right now, there were two people that were diagnosed at the same time, same age, and the child that I'm helping with uh, can- cannabinoids um, is having dramatic differences and the other child isn't. And both of them are having radiation. They both have the same stage. Um, and so it's a real time, you know, it's a real time story that is evolving.
0: That sounds like a study to me.
1: It is absolutely one and one. And the oncologists in my area are starting to look and go, what are you doing over there? So,
0: so let's talk a little bit more about what's going on today. I mean, there's some kids do need full spectrum cannabis. Some Mm -hmm. of them just need CBD. Is that now the options are the options available in Canada or they got to just come up. It's got to fly from Toronto to Winnipeg.
1: Well, the way things are in Canada, uh cannabis is a federal uh, the legislation for cannabis is federal, but physicians have to practice in their province. So I my license is only provincial. So I can't actually see patients in other provinces. Can a can
0: a patient from another province come to you? You can't really see them either.
1: No. Um That's so, so weird. it's it is a very weird system. Um sometimes we do Find ways around it, but it is very hard because you have to remember these kids are really complicated too. So, if I'm going to look after a kid who is, uh, you know, at the other end of Canada, I really need to be there and I need to be able to physically help that family. Um, so, but, what, but
0: yeah, you know, somebody here in the United States would think that'd be odd. Like, I mean, it means if my child, if I live in New York and I happen to go visit my grandmother who lives in California, can't see a doctor. Which doesn't make sense here. You in can. United States, but yes, in you States can States, you see can. a
1: doctor. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter of um, the ongoing care for that child in their own province. But oh, what so you,
0: you can see them for an emergency basis, but you can't continue caring for them.
1: Yeah, like if they wanted to come to, to Manitoba like once every couple months, um, definitely would be easier, but- th- yeah, I mean there's that's not a huge expense. These are complicated kids. People right. aren't flying across the country right. with them. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right, right. But what we are doing is we're developing a network of physicians and um and advocates across Canada to help these kids. Right now there's three of us who have pediatric practices, one in BC, one mine in Manitoba, and one in Ontario.
0: You know, I I I will say that I've I've worked closely with the Canadian medical system. I, I literally uh, worked on a, a device that was found at the University of Wisconsin here in the United States that we literally, um, because I had a, a CEO who was Canadian and, um, and American, a so U.S. citizen at the same time, we literally started doing some research in Montreal and in Toronto. And um, this device that I was working on, is a it's called a PONS device, which is a portable neuromodulation device. We received our... CE mark and FDA approval in Canada before we got it here in the United States. Oh, wow! I got approved in Canada for traumatic brain injury and MS and stroke. Uh, just got MS approval here in the United States a year and a half ago. But in Canada, we got that approval four years ago. Wow. And it's already being utilized in about 29 different centers of excellence all across Canada. So I do know Canada does move a little bit faster mm-hmm. than here. Yeah, And I, I wish you all luck with all the work that you're doing there to make sure that the, you advance the technology. I mean, what's the status right now of like, you know, the, the whole Canadian medical program versus that adult use program? Because I guess you you've you've made some comments about the fact that certain doctors feel like, yeah, I'm not even going to deal with cannabis anymore because that's you go down the street and get it from the recreation place instead. Right.
1: Yeah, so there's two ways to access cannabis in Canada. So there's through your doctor with an authorization. And the benefits of that for adults would be that some of the insurance companies are covering cannabis. Good. Um, There's discounts for veterans, for Mm -hmm. compassionate care, for kids. Um, And... Um, you can actually use it as a tax exemption. Sometimes the products on the medical side are a little bit more expensive, but the variability is a lot less. And so a lot of times these companies have to go through a lot more uh, rigorous testing so that you know, if you want 20 milligram per ml of a CBD product, that's what you're getting plus or minus a little variability.
0: Is that third-party testing done by the government? Or or you do outside third-party
1: testing? It's outside okay. uh, third, third party testing, yes. And okay. so, you know, that's the medical side. The recreational side is legal for anybody over 19. Um, and that
0: doesn't go through the same string of testing?
1: No. And so those products can be variable. Um, and a lot of times when you're buying things from the dispensary, you know, you may get something one month and you'll never see it again. Right. And so, that's,
0: that's based on you know, the growth cycle and the way cannabis actually grows, the way we're growing it right now.
1: Exactly. So, you know, that's for adults. But for kids, they have way more hoops because they have to get a physician who's on board um, and actually oh. sending an authorization to a Health Canada licensed producer for them to access. And the amount of physicians that will do that are very low.
0: So it's pretty much similar to here in the United States. Absolutely. Same thing. Huh. Now you, you have a, there's a documentary that's been shot on you and your son, is it not?
1: There is, yes.
0: It's called what? Anything Can Happen.
1: It's called Anything Can Happen. Um, when is that coming out? Uh, it's coming out hopefully soon. Um, we're just sort of trying to figure out how to put it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely, it talks about my son's story and um just how it sort of evolved into a practice of seeing other kids and then it gives the story of two kids that I've had in my practice for a while two with autism and one with epilepsy that actually came to me on with a hemispherectomy wow. and they talk a lot about that and and the struggle between wanting to use cannabis and you know being offered a hemispherectomy instead ah. so it's a very powerful documentary that helps to open the conversation it provides a platform for discussion in a lot of different areas. You know, it can be used in the medical uh, area. It can be used for politicians, educators. Um, I, I am sure that in some cases,
0: some extreme cases, that hemispheric me is probably, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe the last resort. But I, I, why do I feel like leeches? Why, why, why do I feel like, you know, we're we're still sticking leeches on people? Yeah. I, I mean, really, come on now.
1: Yeah, I mean the stories. Um, you know, the there's one child with autism, Levi, who's in the documentary. And when he came to me, he was non-functional. He was pulling out his hair. He couldn't function at school. His mom was just exhausted. Every option. I will never forget when she came in six months later, and her child was a hundred percent different. You know, I'd never actually uh, treated anybody with autism before, but she was just so desperate, and I thought, well, I guess here we go. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and um, it was it was amazing. Um, I have never felt so fulfilled as a physician, because when I help these families, the change, I mean, it doesn't It doesn't work for everybody. But when it does, it's amazing.
0: It's crazy how, you know, we've talked to, what are we up to, 250, 220, 250 different podcasts. I probably have spoken to family members who have been in this situation a hundred times, and it just seems to me, again, it's like when I hear it over and over and over and over again, you can't deny truth. No.
1: No, kids don't lie, right? You can't take a kid from seizing three, four times an hour to not. Right. right. So even if, as you were saying, an N of one, well, what does that even mean? Right. Because these kids aren't lying. They're not like seizing on purpose. They're three years old, four years old. Absolutely. Crazy. I have neurologists sending me three-month-olds now from the NICU or, or whatever with traumatic brain injury from birth, right? And so now- you know, they're recognizing there's a difference because now all these kids that I've treated are going back to the neurologist and the neurologist can't explain the difference. So right. now they're referring the kids.
0: That's great. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that by blocking and slowing down the seizure process that early in life, it reduces the amount of residual brain damage that happens and lifelong impediment that's going to happen.
1: Absolutely. It reduces that. Um, the kids are developing more because their brain's not so focused on seizing. Right. Yeah.
0: How's Nicholas doing now?
1: He's doing amazing. Um, he? Yeah, he, he has his ups and downs. He still has seizures, mm-hmm. um, but he is a happy kid. He plays with his twin brother. Um, he goes to school. He he's, uh, he's nonverbal, but he talks with a communication device. Gotcha. Um, he's still G-tube fed, but he's able to start taking in more and more calories. So hopefully that will go away at some point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, he's running. He's swimming. Last year I had him in the pool, and his neurologist <laughs> can't believe it.
0: Wow, that's incredible. I, 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 just, I don't know why, I just seem to think that there, is you're going to come across in the next two to three months just a slightly different formulation that you might be able to just start adding to what he's taking that's going to make all the difference in the world. I, I'll bet you.
1: Yes, and I'm advocating to companies to come up with um, stuff that we need for kids. Absolutely,
0: and you know, I mean, again, that this whole, you know, that, that's, that's part of the problem with this industry worldwide. I've seen it mostly here in the United States, but I think even in Canada, I mean, uh, you know, those who are in the business of producing products are too beholden to their shareholders rather than to who they're producing the products for. Absolutely. And once they start to recognize that, you know, okay, maybe next year I grow all 40 acres because I want to extract CBG, period. Mm -hmm. That's all I want to do. Be damned. So I can probably get, three different yields more than I would have gotten if I did that because, of course, CBG grows out of the plant by the sixth, seventh week. So, therefore, I'm harvesting at the seventh week mark, extracting what's there, and that has not turned into CBD or THC yet. So, therefore, there may be just a little slightly higher level of CBG. Mm -hmm. So, let's go after a whole crop of just that. Then let's go after a whole crop of CBN. It's mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not, it doesn't, it's not going to take that much. I'm not a scientist, I'm not a horticulturalist, but I do know for a fact that we can force these plants to grow the way we want them to. Mm-hmm. The component cannabinoids develop at different rates and different times. So six to eight week mark is where mostly is CBG is getting ready to now start turning into CBD. So let's get it before it does that. Mm-hmm. If a grower really set their mind to saying, and the full plant be damned. I don't need that. Mm-hmm. But let's get this batch first. Struct well, I think
1: out. it's going to happen in Canada. Uh, you know, we have some major companies, um, yes. but then we have smaller ones, and I've actually started talking to the smaller ones because I think those ones have less political structure.
0: You also have some ca- companies in Canada that are doing a lot of reaching out to companies outside of Canada, especially in Colombia. I happen to be working with uh, One World Products, which was formerly One World Pharma, Um, um Former basketball player, um, Isaiah Thomas's company out of Columbia, these guys have 1 million hectares under contract. Excuse me. They own 100,000 acres. Them, you hear know what I'm saying? 100,000 acres they own themselves. But they have another 900,000 acres that they have under contract. Wow. And they haven't started growing out completely yet, but they will, within the next two years, probably have 50, 60, 50, sixty thousand acres of hemp being grown. Mm-hmm. When you have that much being grown, now the only thing that's slowing you down is extraction equipment. Also, I'm working with a company out of South Africa. There's a company there. There's multiple companies in South Africa right now that have at least a million million acres of property. I mean, I'm, I'm t- I don't bet you have a, a a a farm in Canada bigger than five thousand acres. Yeah. A million acres, hey, you best not give me an excuse that you don't have enough feedstock,
1: yeah, no, I, I think it's coming. it's yes. um there's definitely supply. It's just a matter of extraction and stability of of your cannabinoids after you extract them as well
0: absolutely, absolutely, but you know that's that's not as hard as we claim it mm-hmm. to be. I don't believe. I think that you know the 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 technical resources are out there to be able to maintain stability, to be able to to you know we haven't even started really looking at not freeze drying but the h2 the 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 um uh, liquid extraction out of the liquid itself so there is a way to crystallize the cannabinoids the cannabinoids yeah. and then reconstitute them
1: mm-hmm. it's there
0: it's been there mm-hmm but just again nobody wants to spend a couple extra bucks they would rather put that buck in the, their Porsche or their you know Lamborghini when we stop getting greed out of the issue mm-hmm. it's just going to happen we'll start to see the money being spent on the technology that's going to make the difference if there was one thing you would say to other doctors what would it be
1: don't be scared of cannabis you know it's um it can be life changing and you can change a child's life forever
0: absolutely i think that's where we should start stop thinking about changing lives forever Thank you so much, Doc, for being a part of the show. Anytime you ever want to come back and, you know, we do this podcast from uh, multiple locations and we also do it remotely. So if you ever want to come back and share some stories about what's going on, please, we'd love to have you back on, okay?
1: I would love to. Thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. take care of yourself and make sure you tune in to the next edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Thanks for joining me on Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear your feedback also, so please send us your comments. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our
1: other shows. I'm Larry Michigan.